Uh, can I tell you guys something weird? <laughs> well, I'm going. I'm still going to. So he said no. Uh, I turned 37 two weeks ago. Is that weird? 37. Uh, and so, uh, so today's topic is all about uh, growing up. And, uh, I mean, not like age-wise, but, uh, but in how we're thinking, uh, that's what the passage is all about today, and it's something I've been thinking a lot about, uh, is, is growing up, and how when we know Jesus, and we place our faith in Jesus, and, uh, and, he, and he starts to bring us along, that, that we just change in how we think about things over time. And because and, I just turned 37, I was thinking about how some things have changed in, like, in terms of what I think about. And, um, you know, a lot of you guys know I have uh, three kids at home, and uh, mostly with Theo and John Mark, my, my boys. They're three and five, and, and we think about some things just very differently. Like, uh, we think about things like what we eat a little bit differently. Like, uh, you know, they think about, like, how delicious is it? And that's mostly measured by sugar, right? Like how much sugar's in it? And, uh, you know, how, how much of this sugar can I have? And, and they, they're, they can just go and go and go. And, uh, and while I used to kind of be like that, I think about different things now. Um, I think about things like calories, and I never thought I would think about things like calories. Um, I think about things like, how am I going to feel after I eat this, and how hard am I going to have to run this week uh, if, if I do what my kids are doing? So we just, we, you start thinking about things differently. Or like bedtime, that's been another one. Do you guys remember going to bed when you were little? Do you remember like bedtime? And my, I remember my mom would be like, hey, Scott, it's time to go to bed. I'd be like, no. It was like the worst news of the day was that the day was over and it was time to go to bed and lay there and try to sleep. And I, I remember just laying there and just, just I, I didn't think I was ever going to be able to sleep and I didn't want to sleep. I wanted to go play. And so, you know, my kids and I, we think very differently about this now. You know, I look at my bed and it is, it's inviting and it looks, it looks nice. And, and I I, I don't I don't lay there and try to fall asleep because I'm asleep before my head even hits the pillow and uh, and I can't wait to get there most nights. You know, it's like all of a sudden it's like I turn 37 and it's like nine o'clock sharp. I'm just like, I need to find my bed right now. And my kids aren't that way, right? They look at their beds and they're like, no, 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 like not going to go. And so... Um, so we just think about things differently. And, uh, and this is kind of what today is all about, is thinking about things differently and how when we know Jesus, we walk with Jesus, uh, we start to think about things differently. We start to feel differently about things. Uh, and, and so without any further ado, let's go ahead. We're going to read our passage and then uh, we'll pray for it. But this is it. It says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so, uh, so today is all about growing up in your thinking and growing up and uh, being rooted and strengthened and built up. And so many of these things that Paul has been talking about in the book of Colossians and, and growing in our wisdom, growing in our understanding. How do we do that 
what do we think about? And today we're just going to pull out a few different ways that as we know the Lord more, he begins to change how we think. And as we trust him more, we begin to change. Um, and, and so we sort of see these things as we grow in our faith. So let's pray and then we'll dive in. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this morning. I just thank you for uh, just some good worship this morning and just a chance, uh, just a chance that we have to come before your throne. And, and Lord, that we can worship you. Uh, we, we can know you, Lord, because uh, you've brought us to yourself. Uh, Lord, we, we can experience a friendship with you. And, and I thank you for that, Lord. And, and this morning, as, as we set our minds on your word, and as we, as we tune in uh, to you, I just pray that, um, that you would just open the eyes of our hearts, Lord. I pray that we might hear your voice, uh, Lord, and, and that you would give us the, uh, the strength and uh, just the ability to respond. And Lord, that we would walk forward out of here today, wherever we're at in our, in our journey uh, this morning, that we would walk forward uh, just a little bit more grown, a little bit more uh, mature, and, and just a little bit more ready to follow you, Lord, uh, wherever you lead us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a few years ago, I met somebody that was pretty significant to me. Her name was Anna Chase, and uh, she was Man, she was something, and I'm so glad she's not in this service. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Anna, I have to tell him about you. She's like, really? You know, and I was like, yeah. So uh, after the nine o'clock, she was like, you said my name so many times. Because uh, she's really shy. She, she like, you know, anything. She, you know, one of the things I really liked about Anna was uh, that she, she didn't really seek attention. Anna was a very content person. And, and I was 22 when I met Anna, and a lot of people my age, and especially like it felt like a lot of the, the, the girls I knew around, just a lot of the people around our community at the time, it just, contentment was a hard thing to find, and she was just a very content person, and, and that stemmed from a very deep faith, and there was just a peace that came with that, and uh, she was just super cool and interesting. She didn't seek attention. Uh, she wasn't that way, but a lot of people kind of sought her out. Uh, I was a youth pastor for a long time, and you know, kids would always, I mean, always, they would just be like, Scott, you know, we like you, we like Anna way more than you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I mean, me too. Like, of course you should, because Anna's awesome. And I remember when I met Anna, I was so intimidated with her because uh, she was, uh, Anna didn't really date people. She was, she was content. She didn't really need that type of thing. And uh, so a lot of guys liked her. A lot of guys tried to date her and it like didn't happen. So I was like, well, I'm not going down that road. And I was friends with Anna and I really liked her and she meant a lot to me. And I was like, well, we'll just keep being friends, you know, like I'm fine with that. And so we were just friends. Uh, for a while. And, uh, and uh, you know, and, and basically, uh, long story short, I found out somebody, uh, you know, that I knew was maybe going to ask her out. And, uh, and I was really troubled by that. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so I went back to my room and I texted her. I was like, hey, can we hang out? <laughs> and uh, so we, we did hang out and she still shut me down. And so after a lot of pursuing and just a lot of time and uh, a lot of just being friends with Anna, um, you know, eventually after some begging, crying, uh, you know, she, uh, she, we finally dated. She finally said yes um, after, I don't know how many times I asked, but. Finally said yes, and I could not believe, 
I could not believe that Anna Chase was dating me and I was dating Anna Chase. That was a crazy, crazy thing for me. And you know what? Things changed. Things changed in my life. So she moved to uh, Portland and she was an RA at the college she went to. And I was in Eugene and I was a youth pastor down there. And, uh, and on the weekends, Anna couldn't, uh, she couldn't come home because she was an RA. And so she was committed where she was and had all these policies about, you know, you couldn't leave. And, uh, but I had Fridays and Saturdays totally free. I had like zero responsibility in my life, uh, you know, in a lot of ways. And, uh, and so I could just go up there. So I had this old red car. Um, it, it was like a, a Celica, and it was like an early 80s, late 80s Celica. And, and it, it ran fine. It, it had tires that were probably from the early 80s. I don't know. And I, and I changed a lot of tires that year on I-5. And, uh, but every weekend I would go see Anna. And every weekend I would have to, like, I didn't have a lot of money. I had, like, no money at the time. So I'd have to be very careful with uh, the money that was coming in, right? And I'd have to kind of eat lean at home and eat cheap and keep things cheap so I would have enough gas to go see her on the weekends. And after a while, my friends would be like, Scott, you don't have to go see her this weekend. Like, I'm sure she's going to be just fine without you. And I was like, ha, ha, I know, I know. But when you date a girl like Anna, you go see Anna. You know what I mean? And, you know, the thing was, I didn't feel like I had to go see her. I wanted to go see her. You know, things had changed in my life. And so priorities had changed. The ways I thought about things changed. I wanted to go see Anna. I think that's a little bit about what Paul is talking about in this passage, that, that things have changed. And, you know, last week we talked a little bit about things like legalism and making things hard on ourselves, and trying to beat faith into our lives and, um, or, or mysticism or, or, or human logic. And he's warned against these things because they don't, they don't compare with knowing Jesus. They don't compare with how he changes our life. They don't compare with the relationship and the connection we have to Jesus and with one another. And so we stop thinking in the old ways and we start thinking in a new way. Here's what he says. He says, if, if, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And so, uh, you know, the first thing to kind of pull out here is that, that we've been raised. It's like since then you've been raised, if you've been raised, since then you've been raised, since your life has been changed, since you've taken off the old and, and you've put off the old. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, uh, we talked about uh, having been buried with him in baptism. And we were also raised with him uh, through faith in the powerful working of God. And so, uh, and so we, we sort of put off the old and, and we die to the old, and, and we're, we're raised. We're, we're raised. That, that word is raised with. Uh, it's, it's one word, and it's like co-raised. We raise with Christ into a new life, and so we are united to Christ. Uh, we're united to his life, and we're united uh, to the work on the cross. And so since we've been raised, we seek the things that are above. Uh, Paul says it this way, even uh, that God, who was, uh, uh, because of his great love for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive. We were dead, but now we're alive. And we're together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved. So, so we've been raised with Christ. And so he's made this life of, of knowing him and seeking him and following him. He's the one who's made it possible. He's the one who paid that price. He's drawn us uh, to himself. And so we've entered into this life with Jesus, into this relationship with Jesus, having placed our faith in him. And, uh, and he's the one who makes it possible for us uh, to seek him. 
Uh, there's a number of, of reasons we would want to seek him. There's, there's something in our heart that I think even cries out that, that wants to seek him when we know him and we see his goodness and we taste and we see and, and we learn of his benefits and we walk with him a little bit. You know, part of this raised life is that our sin is paid for. Uh, that, that the power sin has over us is broken. Uh, we're, we're made alive spiritually. We become spiritually sensitive. The Spirit of God dwells in us. Uh, we, we are told to walk forward in the newness of life. We, the Spirit of God dwells in us, so we, we start developing fruit in our life. And as we learn about Him, as we place our faith in Him, as we learn about the things of God, He starts to work in us. And, and so we start experiencing things like love and joy and peace in our lives. We're gifted in the Spirit. Uh, we, we have the ability to do things we couldn't do uh, without Him. And He puts us in community. He, he starts to take control of our lives as we follow Him. And, and our lives go in a new place that they weren't going to go if we were going to be dead. We grow in wisdom. We grow in knowledge. We grow in understanding. And, and so our perspectives begin to change because we are connected with Christ. And he invites us to seek him. He says, if you seek, uh, he says, ask and it will be given. Uh, and and <clears throat> seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you for everyone who asks receives. And to the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks opens. He invites us to seek after him. And he doesn't just tell us to do stuff and leave us on our own. He comes into our life and he, he helps us and he walks with us. And, and he changes, he shows us how to change as we, as we go. And, and he walks with him. So, uh, and, and so we're not seeking something that we don't have. We're exploring something that we have. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about, it's like, you know, all the riches we have in Christ and, and all this, this hidden treasure of, of wisdom, knowledge. You know, it's like opening a treasure chest and just pulling out one invaluable thing after the next and exploring it and, and spending hours just, and it's like you can never get to the end of it. And so, so we seek and we find and we explore and we grow and we develop in this relationship. He invites us to seek him first. Uh, he says, uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to him. So we don't have to worry about the things of the world. We don't have to worry about, uh, we don't have to worry about lowly things, about how we're going to be provided for. We just know that when we place our faith in him, when we put him first, that things work out. And I know many of us have different stories about that. At times that's been true in our lifetime. We said, well, I, I don't know how this is going to work, Lord. What should I do? And then something works out. And it's like, it's almost like as we follow him and we, we seek him, uh, you know, that he works things out in our life. You know, the word seek, it has, a, it has a large array of meaning. And it can mean to like pursue something. It can just also mean to desire. The things that we desire begin to change. And so Paul's telling the Colossians, you've walked into this new way of life and to walk forward in this newness of life. Your desires are different now. Don't desire things in the old life anymore. Don't, don't put things on the throne of your heart that shouldn't be there. Walk forward in the newness of life. And part of that is we have different desires. And I think that's how it is to walk with the Lord, is, is we start to desire him and know him. This is a picture of John Mark at the beach. And you can see here that John Mark is wearing uh, my, my slides 
I wear these things all the time at home. I just walk around in these, and they were awesome at the beach to have too. And they're just really handy. You know what I think is funny is that kids, you know, like little kids, it's just the way they love their parents, and they they always want to do what their parents are doing, right? So they always like they don't just wear my shoes. I have like a bunch of shoes at home, so a lot of times it's not uncommon to find like one shoe on the porch and then another shoe like under my bed because they wear like different shoes of mine all over the house and and they wear my <laughs> they wear my pants uh, Theo will put my underwear on and it's like hilarious but it's also like knock it off you know uh, and so you know they're just they're always doing uh, and and they do the things that I do so they pretend to drive my car right oh this one's been convicting and making me sad they walk around pretending to talk on the phone all the time. Uh, and my parents, they have all these like old phones at their house, like all these Nokia bricks. Some of you remember those, uh, right? And so they walk around and they're like, yeah, yeah, what time do we need to be there? You know, and they say all these things because kids, they just, they love their parents and they want to be where their parents are. They desire to be with their parents and they, they desire that type of love and that type of connection. And I think as we know Jesus and he changes our hearts and he pulls us in and, and as he develops us and, and we grow in our our wisdom and our knowledge that he sort of brings us along. And we want to be more like him. And what we find is he does the work in our hearts. He does the work in our souls. And he starts pulling us along. Uh, David says it this way, you God are my God and earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. And you know how true that is when you meet Jesus and your life is changed by Jesus and uh, he starts to work in your life and you start to uh, know him and trust him and you start to learn the word and, and that nothing else really satisfies. You know, we're fickle and our hearts are tricky. So sometimes we get lured by things we shouldn't. And we always get brought to that place of like, why am I doing this? Why am I worshiping this thing? Why, why has this become such a big deal? This isn't my desire. This isn't the thing I know. This isn't the, the, the thing that satisfies my thirst. Only Jesus does that. Uh, and so, uh, so we, we seek him and, and our lives begin to show him. And, and it's a good question. The things that we desire, the things that we want in this life, does that reflect our new nature? Does it reflect our hearts? Uh, Does it reflect our relationship with him? And if things feel out of balance, and if things feel like no, the answer might be no. And and that's a great place to just go before the Lord and and, and ask him to search those things out and to change our hearts. And and he has a great way of doing that um, because he walks with us and we're connected to him. All right. Uh, Lastly is this, is that, uh, so if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, and he's seated at the right hand of God. This is uh, a reference to Psalm 110, and it's a very famous psalm. It says, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. And uh, so a number of the New Testament writers refer to this. It's uh, one of the most like quoted Old Testament scriptures, Um, but in it you just see that there is this Lord in it, and Jesus refers to himself as this Lord, and, and he's sitting there, and he's in a place of honor and authority and power. We see that we have a king, and we see that he's in ultimate rule over the world, and he's definitely in control of our lives, and we're subjects of this king. We have a king. We're people that have a king. And so our desires and the things of our heart, they begin to, to, to yearn for the things of that king. Uh, because he's, uh, he is the name above every name. And he's, uh, he's at the right hand of the Father. 
He's worthy. He's worthy to seek. He's worthy to desire. And God has changed us. And nothing will satisfy us uh, if, if we're not living and if our desires do not reflect that kingship of Jesus uh, and if, if we're not living uh, for the kingdom of God. And so as we develop in our thinking a little bit, as we grow and as we mature and as we put our minds on the word, what we see is that we stop thinking the old ways and we start thinking in a new raised life. Uh, and, and so that is informed by the things of God. Uh, secondly, we stop thinking about things below and we start thinking about things above. There's like the stuff you think, and then there's how you think about what you think. So first one kind of has to do a lot with desire. You start to desire, you start to seek different things. But the second one is like perception. How, how do you feel about the things in life, and, and how are you interpreting the things that happen around you? Here's what he says. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And so we're to, we're to think differently because our perspective has changed. And now we lift our thoughts on the things above. And so we should continually do that, to set our minds on the things that are above. It's, it's kind of like when you trust him and when you uh, begin uh, your relationship with the Lord and, and he starts bringing you along and, and you're growing as a believer, it's like your passport changes and, and we're called like a citizen of heaven and we start to think more and more about the things of, of heaven and less and less about temporary stuff. And it's almost like your life begins to look different because your mind is sort of thinking about something in a different way that the world does. So when I lived in South Carolina, um, uh, people could always tell I wasn't from South Carolina. And I, I tried even to like dress more like I was from South Carolina. And two things always gave me away. One was, I don't like football. That was just like, a, like and everybody could tell when it came time for uh, whatever, uh, whatever game was going on, everybody could always tell like something's wrong with you uh, because, you know, you're not, you're not into this stuff. And I didn't have like, uh, it was all about the Gamecocks and I didn't have any Gamecock here. And so they could kind of tell like, you know, something was a little odd about me, a little fishy anyway. There were a lot of other things like, you know, little things about saying like, we're going to barbecue outside instead of saying we're going to cook out outside. Like that's a whole thing. And if you call cooking out a barbecue, it like confuses people genuinely because barbecue is like, when, anyway, there's a whole thing. Uh, you know, the biggest thing that gave me away though, it was my accent. People heard me talk and I couldn't cover it up. I do not have a Southern twang and one did not develop. And so, uh, so they would hear me talk and they would always be like, where are you from? Right? And if they guessed, it was always California because I think we all sound like we're from California, but things begin to kind of sound different because, because where I was from, where I was coming from, was a little different than where they were coming from. So we set our minds on the things above, and, and we start to look different too, because that's how we're thinking about things. And so we put the things from above in our life, and, and we start thinking about the Word of God, and we, and we put things from above in our life. And, and uh, Psalm 19 says it this way, the law of the Lord is perfect. It's refreshing for the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. And it's true that the Lord, he, he uh, stirs us and, and he restores us. And he, he makes us new. And we find that his thoughts are just a little higher than our thoughts. Way higher than our thoughts. And, and, uh, and Ephesians says it this way, uh, that uh, as, the, as the Lord works on us, that we, we put off our old self right? Uh, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self 
And, and here's the interesting part. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, the Lord is at work in our lives and, and he's changing us for the good. Later on in Colossians, it will say it this way. Don't lie to one another. Seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and you've put on the new self, which is being renewed. That word comes up a lot. And uh, in knowledge, after the image of its creator. And so you see it again. How's God renewing our minds? What does that look like? Well, well, we grow according to his purposes. We start to reflect uh, his glory and we start to cr- reflect his character. It, it starts to come out from our life, but, but we have to feed ourselves the right stuff too. You know, uh, it, it's sort of like if you're trying to put your mind on the things above, but all you think about is the stuff below, uh, I, I don't know how that would work. I don't know how you would put uh, your mind on the things above. It's sort of like if, if you're addicted to uh, lots of different TV shows, and but every TV show is trying to indoctrinate you and kind of give you a certain worldview. And, and the music you listen to uh, is full of different values from a different culture, uh, a culture of the earth that glorifies things that shouldn't glorify. And it's like, if that's, if that's where we really set our minds, right? And, and if that's where we're spending hours and hours and filling our minds with those types of things, and if all of our friends uh, have a different worldview than we do, and, and we don't really have any Christian friends, well, how do you put your mind on things above? You're, you're starving, you know? And so, so we put our minds on the things above, and, and this, this implies that we continue to put our minds on the things above. And, and what happens is he changes us from the inside out. So a lot of you guys know I'm working on my house. Um, and it's an old house. It's, uh, and you can tell here it's like super old. If you looked at my house from the outside right now, uh, in front of our street, you would, you would say there is no work being done on that house because it looks like all the other houses on my street. It's an old mill house. It's built in 1930. And, uh, and you, wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell anything uh, because it, no work has been done outside yet. Um, but if you drove around the back of the house, you would get an idea that something weird is going on because the back of my house is filled with debris, like construction stuff and uh, equipment and, uh, you know, a, a big fat dumpster and dumpster bags and things like that. If you looked inside my house, this is what you would see. You would see a work in progress because, uh, it, so, so look, uh, let me just show you what's going on. Uh, so this spot right here, can you guys see that laser? Maybe not. Um, but this up in the corner, this was our bathroom and you can actually see where our, uh, our toilet was right there and everything was plumbed in there. And then the rest of this was our kitchen. And then this room back here, this was like a little nook. So when uh, we had a Great Dane for a long time, this was like her space. And then these back here, uh, this, these were the stairs. And it was just like super illegal, super sketchy stairs that just went like straight down. Uh, they were right there. Uh, they were terrifying. Two of our three kids fell down them. Uh, and... Uh, it's not funny, but it's like, uh, it happened, I guess. And then, um, okay. And then, uh, let's see, uh, this was our kitchen right here. So all of this is changing. Uh, and so the plan is this is all going to be the kitchen. Uh, see this hole right here. So, uh, this is just a hole in the house and these beams right here are here. So, (laughs) so nobody just falls down to the basement because that hole just goes down to the basement cement. That's it. Like, and so, uh, (laughs) so we like let our kids 
in there to like look around and I just had them both like this. And I was like, mm, you know what? We're just going to back back out uh, because uh, again of the stairs and how bad that went. So, uh, so anyway, super dangerous in here, super crazy in here. The latest in the saga, by the way, just because you asked, is um, this here. This is old wiring. It's called knob and tube. I didn't know what that was before we did some of this. And, uh, and, uh, but it's, it's old, it's old electrical and uh, it's starting to decay. Our whole upstairs is knob and tube and then downstairs is not even knob and tube. Uh, it's, it's like stuff that's just been kind of hand strung together. So it's like way worse than we thought. So it's like taped together and there's like dead end runs down there. And if you know anything about electricity, you know, like that's super sketch. So come to point now, I've just been living in a giant fire hazard the last five years. And, uh, but here's the great thing is that everything is starting to change. It might not look like it from the outside, but if you look on the inside, everything is starting to change. And when we start to grow and we start to mature and sometimes you see people who, uh, who the Lord is really using in big ways and you're like, well, is that ever going to happen with me? Is my life ever going to look different? Yeah, of course, and, and it already is, but it starts on the inside. And, and what happens on the inside is really important. And so where we put the desire of our heart, where we set our minds, the things that we ingest and the things that we think about and the things that we want and, and, and what is on the throne of our heart is really, really important because what happens is the Spirit of God begins to change us. He begins to convict us. And he begins to illuminate our minds and, and we begin to look different. At the, at the very end of my house thing, uh, everything will look different. Uh, you know, it will, it's kind of starting on the inside and it will end with like siding and windows and a roof and, and, and things like that. And so uh, I'm excited to see how it's all coming along. So far, it's more expensive and slower than I thought, which is what everybody said. So anyway, uh, so that's kind of what's going on in, in my life these days. But uh, so, so we're to set our th mind on the things above, not on the things of earth. And, and I think that's worth kind of talking about the earth for a second because there's a problem here. We all live on the earth. Our lives are here. Maybe some of you are like, this is great. I love the mind thing and I love the desires thing. I don't have time to think about myself. I don't think about my thoughts, you know. Uh, my life is busy. But, you know, all this. So we're called citizens of heaven in the Bible. And, uh, and, and it represents the fact that, that we're with Christ. We're hidden with Christ. And, and, uh, and that is our real home. And, and, and he is our real home. And, but we're here. And while we're here, we're on earth, and, and we are going through trials and tribulations, and, and we're walking uh, in a culture that we don't belong to anymore. And so we don't change, and we don't go back, and we don't start to look more like the earth than we do our, uh, the thoughts above. Romans 12, 2 says it this way. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal, there's that word again, of your mind, by, uh, that by testing may discern what the will of God, um, what the good and acceptable and perfect. Well, man, I read that super bad. Sorry. Anyway, uh, the, the point is, is, is this, that, that he's transforming our minds. And this happens that our, that our minds are renewed in the Lord and that this informs us and, and we're able to start thinking differently. But the, the rub is that the world doesn't think the way we think. Uh, the world isn't uh, submitted to Jesus. The world hasn't repented for their, their sins. That's the difference between uh, kind of what the world represents in the Bible and, and the people of God is, is that we are hidden 
with Christ and we, we follow Jesus. And, and so our lives begin to look different because we're walking uh, in step with the Spirit. And our lives are submitted to Jesus. And so we don't conform to the world, uh, but instead uh, we're changed, we're transformed by the renewal of our minds. Uh, you know, a really good example of this is Joseph in Egypt. You guys remember, we just talked about that for a long time, Joseph in Egypt, and there he was in Egypt. That was not his real home, uh, you know, working an Egyptian job, but that was not really his people. And uh, remember then he got married into an Egyptian family, but that wasn't really, you know, like something's kind of off with the whole story. And then uh, I still love the part where he, he has uh, kids and he names them Hebrew names. And uh, one of their names means uh, because uh, God made me forget my trouble in all my father's house. And the other means uh, it's because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. And I love that because even though Joseph is in Egypt, and that's not his real home, uh, God is making him fruitful. Uh, and God is renewing him, and, he, and he's working through him, and he's at work, and he's using Joseph. See, all of us are on the earth, right? And so we don't want to shut the earth out and, and not live our lives on the earth and not be faithful on the earth, but we want those thoughts above. We want that transformation that's happening in us, affecting our lives on the earth. Uh, if that makes any sense. So the nature above begins to inform the nature below. And, and that's why we're called light and salt. And uh, because our lives make a difference because we've died and our life is hidden with Christ in God. And so, uh, so we live uh, a new life. And so, so, you know, to be hidden with God, you know, for one, we're secure in Christ. We're connected to Christ and nothing can ever take that away. We're just, we are sure and we are hidden and, and nobody can stop that. And, and, and we are hidden in Christ and, and we will be uh, with Christ. Uh, but the world who, you know, doesn't believe in, in Christ and, and isn't submitted to Christ also isn't going to understand your nature either. Uh, and so, so it's hidden, and, and, uh, but there's a lot of uh, good things about being hidden with Christ. And this is why, uh, you know, we can go to him for peace and comfort, and, um, and we experience his leading and his renewing, and ultimately, we're living for his plan for our lives. And he's using us on this earth below. But as we walk through this earth below, as exiles and sojourners and those types of things, uh, we do it continuing to set our minds on the things above. And we do it continuing to set our desires on the things above. So we, so a second way that our, our thinking begins to develop and mature is that we stop thinking about things from an earthly perspective. And we start setting our mind uh, to the things that are above. And I think a great question is like, are we living like we're hidden in Christ? Uh, is our life a little different than the world around us? Uh, do you have an accent? Um, you know, or is there like no problem in your life because you don't look different? And I think what we see, uh, you know, in scripture is that people start looking different on the inside and it begins to come out. It comes out like fruit and gifts and, and it starts to look evident after a while. And so it's as we grow and as we develop in him. Uh, a third third way that our life begins to change is we stop thinking about things in the temporary. We stop thinking about the here and the now only, and we gain kind of an eternal perspective about our lives uh, and about uh, the world and, and about nature. It says this, when Christ, who is your life, appears, 
then you also will appear with him in glory. Uh, You know, a word that really sticks out in this verse that did not stick out for a long time until it did, then it's so cool, is the word with. Uh, The word with is used three times in Colossians 3, 1 through 4. The first time is kind of like a past tense thing uh, because uh, you were raised with Christ. Uh, And so, you know, sort of like we talked about. So uh, with Christ, so uh, we're raised with him. The second is in present, uh, that we are hidden with Christ now in God. And, uh, And so that's awesome. But then it continues that we will be with him in glory. So when we talk about, uh, you know, being uh, united with Christ and being connected to Christ, that is a very complete connection. Uh, We are in Christ through and through, and nothing can separate that. Um, And, and, you know, this is why, you know, Paul is a great example of this in Philippians 1 when he says to live is Christ and to die is gain. And it's because, you know, we live our lives getting to know him better and better. And we live our lives uh, seeing him come through again and again and that that thirst is quenched in him and and we find rest for our weary souls in him and and we find more and more of the goodness of God. And, And when we die, we're just with him. And, and, uh, and, and things are, are even better. Uh, but for now we live. And even Paul in Philippians 1 says, if I'm going to stay here, it's just fruitful labor. I'm going to keep being faithful down here. I'm going to keep living faith uh, in here and it's going to benefit you. Uh, another great verse is this. Uh, Paul talking about kind of the, the troubles and, and things he went through. He says, therefore we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. And like, I mean, praise God that we are being renewed day by day. There's that word again too. And, and what we see is just he's at work in our lives and he's changing the way we think. He's changing our desires more and more. And so we want to just set those things on God. And, and we don't want to just think about the here and the now. We don't want to just think about the things below. We don't want to just think like our old nature. That's, that's not helpful. We want to think in an eternal perspective. We want to set our minds on the things above um, where, where he is. And so... Um, you know, this week, uh, so my kids, every, every weekend just about, we go out and uh, we look for paths. And um, so we'll be driving and Theo will be like, Dad, I see a path. And in Camas and Washougal, there's like a million paths. And a lot of them go, you know, like wind through neighborhoods. And, you know, some of them go down to some of the parks, you know. But uh, my kids are really good. They find the paths. And then on the weekends, we go and we explore the paths. And there's always two parts to exploring a path. There's the way out, and then there's the way back to the car. And uh, when we go out, uh, we tend to go a little bit faster uh, or, than we do on the way back. And the reason is because their little legs, uh, they get tired halfway through. So a lot of times we go out, and I always have to keep in mind, we can only go so far because we have turn around and make it all the way back to the car. So if we're out at Lacamas or we're on the Heritage Trail or someplace like that, you know, I mean, I've got to be thinking that because they just want to explore. They want to see all of it. They are so excited just to be there and be alive. Like, they're just awesome little guys. And so their legs are just 
they just go, 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 you know, and, and a lot of times they're like running out ahead of me, you know, they just love the adventure and stuff, and, and I kind of walk behind, and so as soon as it looks like somebody's tired, or there's a yawn, or there's like, you know, uh, even like the slightest clue, there might be a, a need for a bathroom, it's like, all right, guys, we've got enough, and this is awesome, now we know it's here, let's turn around and head back, and we've got to, because the way back is already a little bit slower, and if we go out too far, I will walk back to the car holding two big boys, right? And those guys are getting big, like Theo, I don't know if you've seen him lately, but dude, that guy is getting big. Uh, And so, uh, but the other day we found this one trail, and uh, the starting place was by a playground. And so, uh, so we get out, and the guys are like, you know, like, you know, we want to explore. Well, we had found the trail, right? We had driven by it a number of times. They're like, Dad, we want to go. So uh, last weekend, we finally went and we walked out. And, but we walked past this playground. And they're like, Dad, when we, uh, when, after we finish exploring the trail, can we, can we play on the playground? And I'm like, sure, of course. So we walk out and their little legs are just, you know, they're just going, 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 going. And, uh, and we walk out and I'm like, geez, like we're out a ways and they're still going. And, and this path had turned into like gravel. And then we went across this little creek and uh, then we were like out and it was like, well, this is super cool. But I was like, we're never going to make it back to the car. Like I'm going to have to go back and get a wagon or something, you know? And, uh, and so we get all the way out there and I'm like, guys, we should really turn around. So we do, but we're way out there and it's been super hot lately. So we get about halfway back and they're still just their little legs are just like going, going, going. And I'm thinking, like, I'm getting tired. Like, geez, you know? Uh, and so we keep walking, and then we almost get back, and they're walking faster. And I'm thinking, good grief. Like, what is going on? And we crossed the street, and it was like, the, the playground. That's the playground, right? And so we cross the street, and, uh, you know, the playground gets in distance. We're on the field with the playground, and Theo's like, they're both holding a hand, you know, and Theo's like, Dad, can we go? Right? And I'm like, sure. And it's like, I don't know where this force came from, but it's like they just launched out and just ran the rest of the way to the playground. You know, we always travel better when we know where we're going. We're just always more efficient. Uh, we get less distracted, uh, you know, but to do that, you know, what is in our heart and what is in our mind? You know, that, that whole time, they were having a great time on the trail, but they never lost sight of that playground, right? The whole time, that's where they were headed to. And, and I think, you know, as we explore uh, Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start talking about actions and, and some of the things we do as believers and don't do as believers. And, and it's important to think about, though, how we think. And it's important that we know how we make our decisions and, and what we really care about and, and what are the desires of our heart. Because the things that happen inside tend to come outside and they tend to affect the world around us and tend to affect our lives. And so, so we think uh, eternally and we keep eternity in mind when we meet Jesus face to face and we let that affect our lives today. Here's kind of a, a big idea to leave you with, and it's just this, to let your thought life and your, your inside life reflect your rooted life. Because he's building you, and he's making you stronger, and he's changing you. And so let the things that you think and where you put your minds, let that reflect that. And, uh, and, and that, is, uh, that will help grow, it will help you travel better, uh, and it will uh, make life all the sweeter, even in tough circumstances, A lot more to say about this, but I'm going to pray and we'll wrap up. Uh, Lord Jesus, we thank you that we're rooted in you. 
uh, and we know you, and you know us. And Lord, you give us comfort and peace. You refresh us and restore us. Lord, your word is powerful. Uh, and we thank you for the ways that, um, that it, it does change us. It, it, it causes us to live in a new way. And Lord, we just thank you for that new life this morning. We thank you for that fresh perspective this morning. And, and I pray, Lord, that as we go out this week, Lord, that we will go out rooted. We will go up built up and strengthened, um, Lord, in that uh, you would help us to remember to hide your word up in our heart, Lord. Uh, and you would help us to see the world around us as a mission field and just an opportunity to keep our minds on you, Lord. We thank you for all the work you do in us, Lord. And we just pray that uh, you'd be glorified and the rest of our day today. In Jesus' name, amen.